I'm Tisha Bader, and in the news, Israel's President Isaac Herzog's visit to the United States to Washington and his address to a joint session of Congress. The speech coming at a time of great debate and divide within Israeli society over the judicial reforms issue, as well as reported tensions between the U.S. and Israel on that same topic. Well, to discuss Herzog's important speech and how he and his words were received is CEO of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, William Daroff, who was in Washington for the speech, joining us now from New York. William, thank you so much for taking the time. My pleasure to be here. I'm a, a, a valued uh, watcher and viewer, and I'm happy to be here with you. Thank you so much. So you were there in person. I have to tell you that personally watching the speech, I was I was so moved. I literally started crying when President Herzog walked into the chamber and was just so moved by him being there and also by the response of those who welcomed him so warmly and enthusiastically. What what were your feelings like being there in person? It was wonderful to be there. I just pulled out of my, my pocket the, the ticket uh, to the event, uh, which is uh, something that I, I will certainly cherish. It was uh, really a, a room where there were a thousand people or so, 535 members of Congress, minus a few misguided folks who were boycotting. Uh, and about that same number of spectators, each member of Congress basically uh, gets to bring one guest. Uh, so there were a thousand people there who were cheering on the strength and the vitality and the vibrance of the U.S. as a relationship. And President Herzog is just a wonderful uh, bipartisan, nonpartisan, above the fray purveyor uh, of the importance of that relationship between the U.S. and Israel, that it is uh, just was remarkable to be a part of it and to sort of cut through uh, I think the technical term is the surus uh, that's out there uh, about the relationship, about the domestic situation in Israel, about the situation here and everywhere, uh, and just to spend an hour plus celebrating the U.S.-Israel relationship uh, and celebrating the 75th anniversary of Israel and the 75th anniversary of the relationship between uh, the U.S. and Israel uh, was remarkable. And I think you're right. You touched on something um, about President Herzog. I, I think he does convey this sort of voice of reason, this just decent individual who tries to really be above politics and seems very committed to the to the Jewish people in general and of course to the state of Israel. And I think that that response that he got, that energy that was in the room was was directly related to that person that he the person he is, the person he projects um, it, it was just really a wonderful thing to see. You're absolutely correct. It, it's very genuine from him. It's it's literally in his kishkas and genetically. He made reference to his father, who uh, was the president of Israel and spoke at, at a joint session of Congress in 1991. The uh, One of the very few times, I think maybe the second time uh, in history that a father and son have both uh, addressed a joint session of Congress. He talked about his grandfather, uh, who was present uh, in helping to lobby President Truman for uh, to recognize Israel uh, as a state in 1948. And in fact, he invited and noted that President Truman's grandson was in attendance in in the uh, congressional chamber. It that was, was really something. It was it was remarkable, and I had the chance to talk uh, to him afterwards, the the grandson, and it was uh, it was great. And it, it's it, the connection between the U.S. and Israel is something that. He remembers from his grandfather. His grandfather, Harry Truman, died when he was 15. 
Uh, his grandmother, Bess Truman, died, I think, when he was 25. So he had uh, legitimate relationships, adult-to-adult -adult relationships with President Truman, Mrs. Truman, which is remarkable to think now, you know, it seems like it was a century ago, but 75 years ago, uh, that that living history is present. And that living history was present in the grandson of President Truman, as well as in the grandson uh, of Harav, the chief rabbi, uh, Herzog, the grandfather of President Herzog. It was really so moving. And also just to see President Herzog, he, he walked into the chamber and really everybody wanted to shake his hand from, from across the aisle, from the range of, of politicians yeah. and in from Democrats and Republicans. It really seemed to, as you said, minus a few people who were not there. Um, in general, it was it was quite a sight to behold and something that we would like to see more of, of course. Yeah, I, I've been in and around Washington for uh, for decades, and there are a few issues that bring together Republicans and Democrats, that bring together uh, Northerners and Southerners and Easterners and Westerners uh, and Christians and Jews and uh, and Blacks and Whites and Latinos. Uh, and Israel uh, at the moment is, is certainly one of those few issues that enjoys that broad support. There was a resolution in Congress and the House of Representatives yesterday uh, that, that uh, I know you reported on, uh, where there were 411 uh, members. 412. 412, thank you very much, members of Congress uh, who reported, uh, who voted for a resolution uh, declaring that Israel is not a racist state, declaring that uh, the U.S.-Israel relationship is a, a major priority for, for the United States, uh, and only nine people voted against it. And that proportion, uh, 412 to nine, uh, I'll take any day. Uh, I think that's where the American people are as it relates to the U.S.'s relationship. It's obviously where the House of Representatives is uh, when you get down to the brass tacks. And that's what we saw very much uh, in the Capitol today uh, were folks gathering together, applauding together, standing together. I didn't count uh, how many uh, standing ovations there were, but there were uh, dozens. Uh, and in fact, uh, President Herzog afterwards uh, joked uh, about how everybody was getting their, their exercise on their thigh muscles uh, because we we're going up and down uh, so much. He joked that at a, uh, at a reception afterwards. Uh, it was really uh, wonderful. And to see, uh, again, Republicans and Democrats standing together, people that um, on their day jobs uh, as it relates to uh, US politics are at each other's throats, uh, putting putting down um, their their weaponry of choice uh, and joining hands together in support for a strong Israel relationship uh, is precisely where the U.S.'s relationship should be. It should be beyond uh, the uh, the sort of usual uh, catcalls and and messiness uh, of everyday politics. And today it was, and that's a place we need to all work to ensure it can stay above the fray. And Herzog really said it so well that exact sentiment, talking about how. Families in Israel were about to sit down to dinner at the time when he was giving his speech, and many families who within the same family are on different sides of the judicial reforms debate, let's say, for example, some going out to protest, others feeling like the judicial reforms are due and are the right thing to do, and yet everyone sits down to dinner, right, and everyone is still a family, and he made that uh, comparison as far as the U.S.-Israel relationship, which I thought was very smart and very apt, saying that at the end of the day, we are a family. We can have major disagreements. We can have differing opinions on a number of things. But at the end of the day, it is a relationship that is so solidly built and is founded on so many important things, shared values, shared history, that that is 
larger than any conflict we might have. Absolutely. The relationship is certainly stronger than uh, the day-to-day rigmarole uh, between countries. It is stronger than any one given president or one given prime minister. Uh, It is a relationship that is built uh, on the foundations uh, of American democracy, of Western values, and it's one that has been strong for 75 years and and God willing will be strong uh, for many, many, many uh, more uh, years ahead. Uh, It is a relationship that brings a benefit to the United States. It brings a benefit uh, to the state of Israel. It brings a benefit um, to to the world as people see um, the extension of U.S. power uh, through Israel. uh, It really helps to balance out um, against the forces uh, that are out there trying to push against Western values. They're trying to push uh, terrorism. They're trying to push uh, extremism. And I think uh, that relationship is important. And the the president uh, also uh, focused on Iran. And Iran is a situation that uh, where they are seeking very uh, quickly um, to develop some sort of nuclear capacity, where they are involved in all sorts of uh, malevolent activities around the region. And this is a situation where the U.S. and Israel need to stay of one mind and stay focused and stay um, uh, with great attention on uh, in order to ensure uh, that the world realizes that uh, Iran cannot be appeased and their evil doing should not be countenanced. Uh, And that also brought widespread bipartisan applause uh, across the board. And it's interesting, you know, sometimes you see at the State of the Union address, um, the vice president, uh, so President Biden's giving the State of the Union address, and the vice president and the Democrats will all stand uh, when he's talking about uh, Democratic agenda issues. Uh, And speaker, the speaker and all the Republicans will sit. And there are relatively few times during the State of the Union address when everybody's standing. And if you look at the picture, um, the vice president and the speaker of the house, the Democratic vice president, the Republican speaker of the house, were very much in unison going up and down uh, with the crowd. And that demonstration of the bipartisan solid wall-to-wall support for the state of Israel um, was again, quite uh, fulfilling to be a part of. uh, And the energy uh, is really uh, going to be incredibly important for continuing uh, to ensure that the US's relationship stays on track uh, and stays focused. And President Herzog uh, did a yeoman's effort uh, of ensuring that today. I want to ask your opinion about um, President Herzog, as we both said, doesn't really get involved, but is trying to sort of be a bridge in this judicial reform issue. However, in the speech twice, he stressed the importance of a strong judiciary and an independent judiciary, which was you know, I'm not saying that that expressed a particular opinion, but at the same time, he was reinforcing that line of thinking. How did you take that? And how was that received? Uh, it was received uh, well. I think that um, a lot of us uh, you know, raised an eyebrow, smiled when he said it because it was, it was a clear message. Um, but I think it's a message that um, uh, is an important message. I think it's one that um, the vast majority of Israelis will agree on and obviously how they interpret those words is in the eyes of the beholder. Uh, but I think it, it speaks to the idea that, that Israel is a strong democracy. Israel has strong systems in place. Uh, and this 75-year tradition of a strong and independent judiciary is something that uh, is an important component of what makes Israel Israel. Uh, and that that is a goal that he has. And President Herzog has been very much at the forefront of trying to bring Israeli politicians together, to bring Israel, Israeli civil society together, uh, to find some common ground and to find consensus here. And I think he was expressing um, that uh, hope uh, that uh, he can be an instrumentality 
of bringing the Israeli people together and recognizing that there is this foundational um, piece of what uh, of importance to Israel uh, in having a strong and independent judiciary. So uh, I think it was totally appropriate. I think uh, how Israel, the country, interprets it will be uh, based on the eye of beholder. But I think it's important that he doesn't um, uh, hide those issues and move away from them, but rather uh, confronts them and, and puts them in the proper context. We have all sorts of uh, issues here, and he he talked about that and and our uh, sort of messy democracy here in America. Uh, and I think it's important for people to recognize that uh, that you know, these things aren't often as they uh, should be in a textbook, and that democracy is sometimes messy, and that um, popular opinion is messy, and finding coalitions and building them is messy. And hopefully, um, President Herzog will continue to be a a vehicle for trying to move Israel forward and to trying to bring. Uh, the Israeli people together and to reduce the level of divisiveness, which is in Israel, which then bleeds over uh, into the diaspora. Right, of course. And, you know, President Biden has expressed that he's deeply concerned about what's happening in Israel at the same time, giving his support, seeing, you know, democracy in action and, and um, you know, lauding that, but expressing concern. Um, this is not a, a secret. And he finally um, had a phone call with Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu um, the other night, and they discussed, apparently, um, it is believed they discussed the, the reasonableness bill that is now uh, being pushed through in the Knesset, which is likely to be voted on on Sunday, and Netanyahu giving him some assurances that, yes, it will pass, but I'm going to try and reach broad consensus. And then Biden inviting Netanyahu to meet with him. Uh, didn't specifically say at the White House, but to meet with him, which was an invite that has been uh, long awaited. So as Herzog said, there are disagreements, there are conflicts, but it seems like perhaps something is being, uh, maybe there is some hope on the horizon for some meeting of the minds on this issue. We're getting a little closer to that as far as Netanyahu and Biden. What do you think? I think that there is a concerted effort by both the prime minister and the president to decrease the volume, to decrease the pressure, to ensure that there are high levels of communication and understanding, uh, and a recognition that um, that uh, that both uh, the United States and Israel, both Prime Minister Netanyahu and President Biden, are men of good conscience who are pushing forward with agenda issues that they think are the be in the best interest of their countries. Uh, I think that this uh, phone call that you mentioned is very important. The fact that Prime Minister Netanyahu and President Biden will be meeting here in the United States sometime this fall is important to push through that. Uh, it's important to remember that the number one foreign visitor, the number one uh, foreign head of state to meet with President Obama over his eight years was Bibi Netanyahu. Uh, more than the British Prime Minister, more than the French Prime Minister, more than the Canadian, uh, it was Bibi Netanyahu. And that's despite uh, the well-known disagreements, uh, policy and otherwise, uh, between the two of them. And so that level of communication at the top is very important. And I feel like uh, the phone call earlier this week and certainly President Herzog's visit uh, and discussions with senior administration officials, including the president, uh, will help move that relationship forward. Their, the relationship is too important to get hung up over... Um, sort of the trivial uh, matters of, of picking up a phone call and having an invitation and coming. Uh, if you want to have a disagreement, come have a disagreement in person. Uh, having this uh, sort of probationary period of, of not having the prime minister come, I think, uh, was uh, unfortunate. And I'm hopeful that the White House recognizes that and that we've moved past that. 
I want to also mention you spoke about Truman's grandson being a, a special invited guest of President Herzog. Um, he also had Leah Gold in there, the mother of Hadar, one of the soldiers, along with Oron Shaul, who were killed and whose remains are being held by terror group Hamas in Gaza since 2014. It is unimaginable. Um, the pain that these families must be enduring. But Leah Golden was there. She sat next yes. to Michal Herzog and was so warmly received. And that was also just so moving. And she once again raised that very important issue of bringing the bodies of these young men home to Israel to be buried and also releasing the two civilians that are still being held by Hamas. Yes, I. Uh, it was wonderful, President Herzog, to invite Leah Golden to be a part of his official delegation uh, to fly with him. Uh, from Israel to Washington to be a part of the meetings. She was uh, in the meeting yesterday with Secretary of State Blinken, uh, where I understand they had, uh, according to the release that was uh, put out, that there was a significant amount of time discussed about the international uh, humanitarian law violations that uh, are occurring because uh, the four are being held captive. It is um, the ninth yard site, the ninth anniversary of the death of Adar, uh, this coming Sunday. Uh, and it is uh, a tragedy, it is a Shonda, that this family for nine years has been uh, kept from uh, really um, closing the chapter uh, on uh, on their beautiful son, uh, who was murdered uh, after a ceasefire, after an American-negotiated ceasefire, a ceasefire negotiated by then-Secretary of State John Kerry in the administration of then-President Obama and then-Vice President Biden, uh, where there is a clear responsibility for the United States because it was our ceasefire that we negotiated uh, to work to ensure their return. Uh, I think it, uh, again, was wonderful for President Herzog to invite them. I know that um, Leah Golden will continue here to New York, where she will be with President Herzog, with the Secretary General of the United Nations, uh, Guterres, uh, and have other important meetings as well. And uh, it is a, a story that uh, I wish there was more attention uh, focused on because uh, it is really a tragedy uh, for those four families and something that uh, America should use uh, and the world should use uh, its power, its resources, its influence, and its relationships to remedy. And William, we, you mentioned briefly there were several members of Congress that were not at the speech um, to hear President Herzog. Most of them made it very vocally clear that they would be doing that. Um, some just didn't show up like Bernie Sanders apparently didn't show up, but did not make a, a statement about it like some of the other. Um, there were several progressives who said that they would not be there. Um, how do you take that? Do you think it's people were just not surprised and just sort of didn't want to give it any more attention or how was it received in, in the chamber? Um, you, There were no empty seats uh, in the chamber. Uh, so it was not uh, clear uh, as say it was when Prime Minister Netanyahu addressed Congress in 2015, where there was a major boycott of 40-some uh, uh, members of Congress, 40-plus members of Congress, where there were rows of seats that were empty. Um, the uh, situation here was one where there was standing room only. Uh, there were members of Congress who didn't have seats, former members of Congress and others down there who didn't have seats. Um, the um, uh, So it was not noticeable. Uh, I think the fact that it was just a handful um, I didn't see what the final count was, but I think less than 10 um, members of Congress actually spoke out loud and said we're not coming, and I don't know who, who else has had conflicts. Um, the fact that it is so small, uh, I think, speaks to uh, the 
fringe nature uh, of that crowd uh, who see uh, whenever they say Israel, um, they look for uh, something to be critical uh, about. And I think that, uh, again, much like the House vote, uh, where there are only nine members of Congress uh, who voted uh, against Israel, uh, I think that this too shows that uh, the same sort of fringe minority uh, is just that, a fringe minority. And I wish the news media would treat them as such. Um, because they are very far from the vast majority of Americans, the vast majority of Congress uh, who celebrate Israel, who celebrate the U.S.-Israel relationship. Which was abundantly clear today. Um, it was. I, I hope that a lot of people see that incredible enthusiasm and real joy at having President Herzog um, at the Capitol today. Um, and I know you're going to be hosting him. Talk a bit about the, the event you have coming up. Yeah, so here in New York, we have a, an event with UJA Federation of New York that the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations is co-hosting, where uh, the president will be uh, meeting with members of the Jewish community uh, here locally and engaging uh, in an interview style uh, format, uh, where, uh, again, it'll be nice for various pieces of the, of the greater New York area community and other national members uh, of Jewish communal leadership. Uh, to meet to engage uh, with him uh, in one uh, in one setting. So um, I'm excited that uh, for the opportunity for that. They, they've also announced that there'll be a young leadership uh, meeting with uh, the president on uh, on Friday, uh, where young members of the Jewish community uh, will uh, be engaging with him as well. Um, so I'm uh, I'm excited that he's here back in New York. The the president spent uh, a lot of his childhood here. He went to uh, Ramaz uh, Day School. Um, when he was uh, a, a teenager, and so he has great connections here, and and, uh, and obviously he's uh, excited to be here, and and his excitement was incredibly palpable both uh, for those watching uh, during his speech, uh, and for those of us who had the pleasure and honor to engage with him uh, after the speech. He was he was very much uh, flying high and uh, and excited uh, about the energy, and it's really uh, for Zionists in the crowd celebrating the 75th anniversary of Israel. This was a, a wonderful gift. Absolutely. Well, William, we thank you so much for joining us and for taking the time and, and you know, giving us some of the experience, what it was like to be there in person for President Herzog's speech and to feel that energy and that love, really. It really felt like there was love in the room from Democrats, from Republicans, that Israel, as you said, is this uniting issue, which we hope continues um, to be the case and is is louder and stronger than than any disagreements, which there will be. There are now. There are things that are being worked out and hopefully will be worked out, and there probably will continue to be because that's just the nature of things. But but the display you, today was really heartwarming. Yeah, you, you spoke of President Herzog's uh, talking about family disputes, and it uh, just as you said, it reminds me of any Shabbat table. Uh, family members uh, disagreeing about this or that. That's very much who we are as a people. It's very much who Israel is as a people. Uh, and again, right-sizing that, recognizing um, that together in unity, we will move forward as a people. Uh, Israel will move forward as a country. Uh, and the U.S. is a relationship will continue to grow and flourish. CEO of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, William Daroff, joining us from New York. And we thank him so much for taking the time to be here with us on JBS. Thank you, William. Best to you. My honor. Thank you so much. And thank you, JBS. And thank you, as always, to our director, Sloan Copeland, managing director, Dara Golub, to our transmissions manager, John McDevitt, technical manager, Michael Paley, and to our producer, Carol Lilienthal. And thank you for watching In the News. <laughs>